Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They like to put fingers in places. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Well, I knew that uh, the guys on both sides were working very hard on that trade. It was important to both teams. Um, but, you know, we did get uh, kind of stuck for a while uh, on, you know, the issues of, of future draft choices and, and things like that. So it kind of stopped. But I... Um, but I was always uh, positive in the sense that uh, I knew that both uh, groups were working on it really hard, and there's always a good chance you're going to get it done if uh, if you get near the deadline and you're fairly close. And they were. Hello, hello. There we go. <laughs> Don't silence <laughs> me. Got to turn the mic on. It was, it. it was. It was. No, that was me. Oh, that I was that you. Okay. Wow, you all silenced right, him. I had them all turned on. You I'm not one to talk, by the way. I'm constantly clearing my throat and then trying to talk when my mic is off. So I'm the last one to talk about this. So that was Glenn Taylor, Timberwolves owner. If you want the full interview, Doogie was the first to grab Glenn Taylor after the Blockbuster Wolves trade went through yesterday. The Scoop podcast, and you can find some of that, too, at 6 o'clock here on Score North after our show. Gerson Rosas is going to join at 515, Wolves president of basketball operations. And we have all kinds of things to get to off of that press conference today. But, gentlemen, let's actually start with a little bit of late-breaking news pertaining to the Minnesota Twins here. Rami just saw this come across. Bob Nightingale just uh, tweeted out a statement from uh, Major League Players Association uh, Chief Executive Tony Clark, or President. He says, the proposed trades between the Dodgers, Red Sox, Twins, and Angels need to be resolved without further delay. The events of this last week have unfairly put several players' lives in a state of limbo. The unethical leaking of medical information, as well as the perversion of the salary arbitration process, serve as continued reminders that too often players are treated as commodities by those running the game. Yeah. What? Okay. What the hell are the Red Sox doing here? Like what? What was like? What's the shock to you guys? You didn't. You, well, you don't have Google. You didn't know who Bruce Dar Gratterall what, was until I mean, three days ago. But what's going on now? I either dropped the Twins completely from the deal, and the Dodgers sent another prospect to Boston because Boston wants to get rid of Betts and Price, right? So call the Twins and say you're out. Thank you for playing. You're done, and or except what the Twins say. Okay, we'll give you a prospect of of some sort. But the report today that came out that the Red Sox were in search of getting another top 10 prospect from the Twins. Dude, it's ludicrous. But if you're the Twins, just say, okay, we're, we're done. Gratterall. Yeah, so in we're just done. In addition to Bruce Dar Gratterall. But, d- but then just say, we're done. Like, this is not that hard. And by the way, screw you guys. Like, what? Like well, not, right. not you guys, but like, no, like the Red Sox. You guys are approaching this all wrong. 
Opportunity just knocked. Destiny just called. No, I think that was just a tr- Jonathan banging a trash can. <laughs> yeah. And Destiny called and said, get out of the deal. This and I tra- agree with Destiny. This trade falling apart just opened the door for the Twins to call up the Red Sox and say, hey guys, uh, what do you say? Yeah, just go ahead and hit the button before I do this. I see you reaching for it. Reckless speculation. Let's just cut cut the Dodgers out of this thing. How do we get Mookie to Mini? Hashtag bring Mookie to Mini. Boston's also mad at you, so Boston wants you out entirely. Mad at me? I'll throw in that. I'll throw in that top ten prospect. I'll throw in that top ten prospect. Give me Mookie. I'll even take half of David Price's contract off your hands. Give me Mookie okay, Betts. But like, let's okay. Before we entertain, give me that sweet, Ronnie's sweet Mookie Betts action. Mm. What would Boston be mad about, other than their own stupidity, not mm-hmm. knowing who Bruce Dark Ratterall was? Oh, wait, wait a second. Hold on. We just Googled his name, and this guy had Tommy John surgery five years ago? Wait a second. Stop the presses. I thought Heim Bloom was supposed to be a really intelligent, smart guy, too. Like, what are they doing? Well, what the only... So, the the framework of the deal, and this is where... Like, to what Rami just brought up, let's let's go down this path here. Because the framework of the deal is... Shall we? The Dodgers it's a ter- are... Yeah. It's a terrible idea. Oh, it's such a good idea. The Dodgers are giving up Verdugo, who is one of their top prospects. He's, he's an outfield prospect. He's really not one of their top prospects. Well, he's one of their 10, he's, he's one of their he's 10 best prospects. Down their list a little bit, yeah. And he's, I mean, he's a good, solid player. He's like what Eddie Rosario was a few years ago before he came on. Mm-hmm. I think if Verdugo became Eddie Rosario, the Dodgers would be happy, and mm-hmm. the Red Sox would be happy. Mm-hmm. So the Dodgers are giving up Verdugo and Maeda to get bets, price, and money. Mm-hmm. And the Red Sox are then taking Maeda. This is mechanically how it works. The Red Sox are taking Maeda and trading him for Gratterall. Correct. And the Red Sox, the Red Sox would, like, you could just say, well, what, just take Maeda. Well, they don't want Maeda. They want, they would rather have a young player. And so to me, this report that came out today that said, well, the Red Sox are asking for another top 10 prospect. I first read that and I was like, all right, well, that's fair enough. You just, I guess you swap out Gratterall and give him another top 10 prospect. No, they want. Gratterall and a top 10 prospect. And so, okay, let's say you're the twin. Because I don't think there's anything to be mad at the twins for. It's like, I mean, this is our player. You should have known who he was. He's got arm stuff and he throws 100 miles an hour. He's got some arm stuff. If you were to go down Rami's path and you were to cut the Dodgers out of this, say, all right, screw it. Just screw it. Let's, uh, let's put the Dodgers over here for a second. You want to get rid of bets. You want to get rid of price. We can't take on all that money. Not going to take on $60 million in 2020, but. And you want good young players? What would you guys give up for price bets, and then some money coming back to offset the cost? And they don't want Gratterall, so you can't. Well, they want Gratterall. They just want a top ten prospect in addition to Gratterall. That means that they don't. That means they no longer value Gratterall. And then what for bets? And are, are you going to pay as much of Price's salary as yes. the Dodgers were? Yeah. The poll ads aren't, sure. by the way. This is where I do draw the cheap poll ads line. Like, oh, yeah, they won't. They're not going to no go way. over $150 million. Okay, so they're going to want, so for Mookie Betts, the, what are they going to want? Kirilov? Wasn't their payroll $140 million two years ago or three years ago? I think it got up to 128 or $130 million. Okay. And this year it's projected, as of right now, if Maeda's on the team, it's projected to be like $137 million. Oh, the, they could definitely get By the way, price. if I'm the Twins, I'm just piecing out. I'm just kidding. I don't know why you guys don't think big. I don't know why people refuse to think big. Even bona fide baseball geniuses are agreeing with me that this is a good idea. If you didn't listen to Score North Live today, weekdays, New Year's. Yeah, what was consumed by your guest during that show? It's me and a rotating panel of uh, Score North personalities as my co host. You can go and listen to it at scorenorth.com and the Score North app. Eno Sars of The Athletic. 
I think we would all agree. You know, one of the smarter guys who covers this game well, from the, all angles, from analytics. Till two o'clock to today, I thought that <laughs> he, he was. After two o'clock today, I'm beginning this to. Afternoon. I'm beginning to rethink our bookings. <laughs> I think he actually called. I think he might have said the word brilliant today when I ran the idea by him of swooping in and saying, "Cut the Dodgers out." What do you want from Mookie? I think he called it a brilliant idea. Eno Sars, baseball genius, said that was a brilliant idea. So. I've, you can sling arrows at me, and I've been taking them from every direction all week, just batting them away because I know I'm right and the rest of you are wrong. But I, I got baseball geniuses in my corner now validating that it's a pretty brilliant idea to go and get Mookie Betts in a Twins uniform, even if it is just for a year. Think so big, the, win a World Series, fly flags forever, make the trade, plan the parade, bring Mookie to mini. How many hashtags was that in one sentence? Was that seven? Was that seven hashtags? Did you say hashtags or just stop at hash? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Thank you. Reckless speculation. So here's here's what I think the deal would be. All right. And by the way, me entertaining this notion that Rami has thrown out there does not mean I am endorsing it. Okay? Look at you coming I'm around. Not, I am hey, not it's endorsing this. It's a step. I don't think this is wise. I appreciate you opening your mind up to thinking big, Phil Mackey. I'm glad I'm having that effect on you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Da- David Price, by the way, people are talking about David Price as just, well, he's a $34 million chunk of payroll, and th- you know, he's basically just like a stuffed sock or something. He actually, he's been pretty good the last couple of years. He hasn't been the David Price of eight years ago, so he's not, like David Price would probably be your second or third best starting pitcher if you were healthy. So, if the deal was either Alex Kirloff or Trevor Larnick, and like Eddie Rosario, and then they can spin Rosario off for another prospect somewhere else because the Red Sox clearly like doing these three-way trades and screwing them all up. And then you take on Betts and Price's contract, but it means you don't get Maeda, and it probably means that you can't add salary in July because they would be up over a hundred. They'd have to green light a one hundred fifty-five million dollar payroll, even if, even if the Red Sox paid half of these guys' salaries in two thousand twelve. Well, they did take half of. David Price's contract in the deal that was already agreed to involving the Minnesota Twins. So they're they're clearly willing to do that. They don't want you to take all of David Price's contract. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I don't think it's nearly as crazy as people make it out to be. I think people just have a hard time wrapping their head around moves that big for the Minnesota Twins. And Minnesota sports in general. I just don't... you, You don't think trades that big happen for your teams. And I'm telling you... You could be wrong. You very well could be wrong. And if you if you expect it and if you demand it, you'd be amazed how it changes the way your teams operate. By Instead way, of just acting like little brother and acting and just being happy that you're part of a big deal. Hey, we were the team that let the Dodgers get Mookie Betts. Woohoo! We got an above average pitcher in it. You shouldn't be excited by that. I'm telling you to set your bar higher. Set your sights higher than that, and your teams will too. Uh, red, but by the way, my bar is high. I'm just, I'm not trading. I'm not, I'm not, I don't need one year of Mookie Betts for one of my, for like Royce Lewis. Because, because of the prospect of how good Royce Lewis will be in two years and how he might help you win a World Series then. Yes. Instead of how good Mookie Betts is now. Not how good he could be, how good he is now. Yeah, yeah Royce. And how he helps you win a World get, Series. Do I get three years? No, of Betts? One year. Yeah, yeah, Ro- yeah Royce, Lewis, Royce Lewis is going to help the Twins more in their World Series plight than Mookie Betts if Mookie Betts leaves after one year. But Red Red tweets in a direct shot at Judd here, so I'm going to give Judd the floor. Nice. Red tweets in at Jay Zolgat, at Rami is tweeting, at Score North, at Phil Mackey. Imagine being an empty brain like Judd and not understanding <laughs> well, how Betts makes nice. the Twins better. That's not nice. 
He's saying that you don't understand how bets makes the Twins better, Judd. I'm saying one year of bets does not interest me at the price that it's going to cost me, Red. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that, it, no one's arguing that Mookie a, Betts would help the Twins win a World Series. It's a Friday. At what cost? It's a Friday. It's not a day to spar with people like Red. <laughs> it's not a day to belittle them back. As, as the host of Ventline, I see myself as a progressive open to ideas. I forgot I, the plug when Ventline is on. 11 a.m. weekdays, 651-646-8255. Not now, but then. But, Red, I just don't see this as being a good one-year investment considering the price of poker. But I'll go back to what I said about this entire trade. I don't understand why the Twins just don't call up and say, we tried, okay, you don't like him. This is really not our fault. We did nothing wrong here. In fact, I think it was sort of genius to shop a guy who they knew exactly who they, they were trading. For sure. It's Heim Bloom's fault that he didn't know what he was getting. Uh, that being said, I would just peace out. I just say no. Sorry. It's just really, it, it, it just, it, it, to the statement that was sent out by the MLBPA, this puts Gratterall above anybody else in such a tough spot because no matter what, now he like he's the centerpiece that's holding up his medicals are holding up this trade. If he comes back to the Twins, he knows the Twins didn't really want him that much, and the Twins are worried about him, you know, his arm imploding. And now the Twins probably can't trade him. Like he's he's no, I don't care if he's one of their top ten prospects by rank and skill. He's not one of their ten most valuable trade pieces anymore because of this. Like, now this is all out there. This actually, this hurts the Twins a lot if Gratterall comes back because no longer will they be able to just, like, turn around and go to some other team and say, but I think you he's want still, Bruce Dar Gratterall. I think he's still a legit bullpen arm. I, if if he had failed the physical, and let's say it came back and his arm was a complete mess and shot, that's a huge problem. Did he take a physical or was it the medical information? I think that it was li- the medical. They said it was just a medical report, so, so I didn't see anything about nothing, a failed but my physical. Point, but my point is I don't, I don't think that if you're a logical thinking team, this should hurt him because he's still a really good bullpen arm, and, and it's not like he, he didn't come up to the big leagues last, what, July or August or September and throw 100 miles per hour. So it's not as if there's all this damning, well, he can't pitch, the Red Sox basically, I don't know what they're doing, but they're to me, they come off as sort of buffoons and disorganized here. It's that simple. By the way, I'm fine. And I, I agree with what you're saying about his trade value in, in, in terms of immediately right now, but I'm fine. If this trade falls through and the Twins don't get Kenta Maeda and don't get Mookie Betts, I'm fine with I'm good with with Bruce Dar Gratterall coming back to the Twins organization being part of that bullpen build his value back up be a weapon out of that bullpen and either help you or build that value back up until you can trade him for that arm that I thought he should he should have been part of a package to acquire in the first place if you're going to trade Gratterall it should have been as part of a package to get a frontline starter not to get an above average starter like Kent Maeda. All right, would you give up a couple of top prospects, if you're the Twins, to get one year of Mookie Betts. 651-646-8255. Tim in South St. Paul, you're on the show. Yeah, you guys are, uh, I'm sorry to say, but you're missing a very key point. The main reason why they need to get Mookie Betts is the, the Minnesota sport. Oh, that. Hold on, his phone cut out there, right at the right at the point <laughs> of him telling And me. here's what I think. <laughs> Hello? Jonathan's checking out. Uh, Zach tweets into the show here. At Score North, at Rami is tweeting, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgan. Demand apologies, Rami, from Mackey and Judd for your takes yesterday and now them warming to your idea. Oh, I'm not Listen, warming. Well, Judd, Judd, no, has, this Judd, is, this Judd hasn't us. at all. You I just tweeted are, back. You're coming around. around. You just don't want to admit that you're coming around. You're coming around. Listen, it's Friday. I've already had a couple this, of cocktails. Okay. <laughs> 
This might for the this might be a worse idea than putting a roof on Target Field, which is an awful idea. These are both great ideas. Actually, I think I think this is a better idea than putting a roof on Target Field. I'll give Rami that. All right, Tim, go ahead. Oh yeah, say I think you guys are missing a very key point as to why we should get Mookie. Um, when was the last time we had a Minnesota athlete whose name sounded like he was being booed, but wasn't? Because we need that. We need that athlete where we we, uh, the announcer can say, "No, they're not booing. They're going Mookie." That's the reason why we got to get him. I feel like the Twins are the leaders in Minnesota sports history. Well, actually, you know, guys like that, who, right? who has had that in recent years, although he has not played well enough to hear it much this year. Devin Dubnik. That's true. Doobs. Those are actual boos now for him. They, Doobs. They over. Jason Kubel, yeah. Trevor Plouffe, Lou Ford. <laughs> I love Lou Twin, Ford. Twins always Lou have Ford, man. guys like that in the bag. A magician with an iron, by the way. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant with a golf club. No, no, an actual, no iron. an actual iron when he tried to iron his watch shirt and burned himself. I don't, know, I don't know why Judd won't bring himself to think to think big when it comes to the Minnesota Twins. To think big enough that they, I like can, my get, outfield, they actually. can get Mookie Beth. Imagine, I like my outfield. Imagine this, imagine this outfield for a second, if you will, please. Do you have some music to go over this? Byron Buxton in center field. Mookie Betts in left field. And Max Kepler in right field. A baseball will never land on grass in that outfield. It will never land on grass. You want to talk about pitching? Pitching is about run prevention. What does that do for run prevention? Having an outfield baseball porn of Buxton, Mookie, and Max Kepler. Come on, man. And Mookie bets in the middle of your lineup every day? Every day. Not an above average pitcher every fifth day. Mookie bets in the middle of your lineup. The second best player in baseball. Mike Trout Jr. In the middle of your lineup every day? And you know how great that, Come that would on, be man. Oh, it's 2021? Oh, and he's man. In the of, oh, wait, he wouldn't be here. Oh, man. Who cares? Go and get that World Series, Honestly, man. All right. Oh, I saw Mackie's eyes while I was going through that. Here we go. Awful idea. One of the worst ideas in the history of scoring or slash 1500. Don't do it. Don't do it. I knew it. I knew he cracked the door open. Don't do it. Don't fall into the fantasy baseball trap. Don't fall into the short-sighted fantasy baseball trap. Don't do it. Oh, man. Don't do it. Come here, Mookie. Jeffrey and Robbinsdale, oh. do you do it? You're oh, on scoring man. Yeah, I would do it. Uh, I'm a lifelong Cubs fan, and I think it's similar to us giving up Torres for Chapman. We got Chapman for the run to the World Series, and yeah, you can't guarantee you're going to win a World Series, but you have to take the chance. Why you guys? Yeah, that's it. You're talking about Royce Lewis in two years. I'm not trying. I am not to be clear. The Cubs weren't thinking about Glaber Torres in two years. They were thinking about winning a World Series in 2016, and what they do. They went and won a World Series in 2016. That's what they did. To be clear, and they don't give a I damn. I will not be trading as Royce a Cubs Lewis. fan. Hold on, as a Cubs fan, hold on. Pick your side of the fence, Mackie. As a Cubs I, fan, I don't give a damn how good Glaber Torres is. Go to the Hall of Fame, young man. Is, I don't care. What is Mookie Betts pitching line on opening day? Because that, that's all I care about Who right cares? now. Who cares? Because I'm thinking this through logically, not because you in want, fantasy baseball be, way. Because you want Kenta Maeda. Who's going to help you win a World Series in 2020 more? Mookie Betts or Kenta Maeda? Mookie Betts helps you win a World Series more Thank in 2020. You. But you can't get Mookie Betts for Bruce Dar Gratterall. No, you're going to have to put together a package, including Gratterall. They're not out on Gratterall. They just want another Phil's top so 10 prospect. Right now he's going, no, I'm not. He's, uh, he's jumping it. back and forth. <laughs> he wants I'm it. Oh, man. Here's my stance. 
I am not trading Royce Lewis for a one-year rental. You know what this that is? That is absurd. You know what this is? I may trade almost anybody else for a one-year this, rental. This is this is the very difference, the essence of the difference between sports dad and sports stepdad. Sports, sports stepdad, stepdad yeah, came right. over with chocolate and caffeine, <laughs> and the kids are bouncing off the walls right now, and i got to come home and put them to bed. I gotta put Derek and Thad to bed, and now they're bouncing off the walls at Target Field. <laughs> That's how and you Sports see Dad it. Has to pick up the pieces. That's, That's how Jonathan, you see he's a dad. it. That's how you see it because you're All cranky, right. and you don't you don't care about happiness. You don't care about joy. You don't care about optimism. You know what I got to think about big and be and 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 and, and achieving dreams. Judd, what did PJ Fleck tell us? What did PJ Fleck tell us about dreams, guys? Anybody remember? Anybody have an answer? If your dreams don't scare you. You're not dreaming big enough, boys and girls. That's what P.J. Fleck said. That's your guy, Phil Mackey. P.J. Fleck, and I quote, if your dreams don't scare you, you're not thinking big enough. Yeah, it should scare you. That Mookie's only a rental, and you might not win the World Series in 2020. That should scare you. That's, That's a scary proposition. But if your dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. All right, I have a lineup. Here we go. Somebody's going to pick up the pieces. It's going to be me. Derek, who's going to put Derek, Thad, and Rocco to bed? It's going to have to be me. Oh, man. All right, here's the lineup. Oh. Sweet dreams. And again, this could be shuffled, too. Okay. Oh, this sure. Could be shuffled. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. Leading off, Mookie Betts. Mm. And playing probably in left field. Probably mm-hmm. playing in left field. Mm-hmm. Batting second, playing in right field. Max Kepler. Batting third, playing third base, Josh Donaldson. I have butterflies in my stomach right now while you're going through this. I Are have you butterflies sure that's in not my stomach. Indigestion from your <laughs> yeah. intermittent Huge fasting. Lunch. Huge lunch. <laughs> Gigantic lunch. I'm fueled up. Batting cleanup and designated hitter, Nelson Cruz. Batting fifth, now I'm just like throwing guys in. Batting fifth and playing shortstop, Jorge Polanco. I can't find room for him in the top four in the line, so he's batting fifth. All right. Batting sixth and playing first mm. base, Miguel Sano. Mm. Batting seventh and catching, Mitch Garver. Mm-hmm. Batting eighth and playing second base, Luis. Sexy. This is baseball sexy. Luis. Right here. Arise! And batting ninth and playing center field, uh, Mike Trout. <laughs> Who you just traded another three top prospects for. Man. The AL All the AL All Star Game will be your team. <laughs> All right, Damn, All right. dude. Damn. If you wow. can, if if you can get Mookie Betts without giving out Royce I need a nap Lewis, and a cigarette. Right I will. Now. I will have that discussion. But at this point, the MLB Players Association <laughs> oh. has said finalize the damn deal. Stop haggling over but Bruce Dougherty. They've got no pull, right? Like they can complain and moan all they want, but no. Yeah, it's it's literally just Rob like, Manfred and baseball will take as long as they want to sort this mess out. Yeah. So now I think you probably have you have to take David Price back too. So this is all just a pipe dream because the poll ads, albeit have expanded to a franchise high payroll historically, are not going to go to one hundred fifty five million dollars. I think David Price is the linchpin of the deal. Yeah, I mean if you could, that's like, who they were shopping to get rid. Well, Betts was attached to him. Or now, could person. you find a way to like pilfer Price off to somebody else and who's create your own con- three way trade? I don't know, but. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Are you in on this, or are you are you sports stepdad or sports dad? Sports stepdad has caused me more problems. You know the divorce. Was, the divorce was tough enough, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but this clown now coming into my house, doing God knows what, messing around with my kids. It's the claw. <laughs> 
You guys remember Liar Liar? Jim Carrey. Yeah. Where Jim Carrey does the claw. Yeah. And the stepdad does the claw. That's you guys right now. Right, we'll take one more on this. Oh, By the way, man. Gerson Rosas joins us in 45 minutes. <laughs> Sam and St. Paul, you're on score north. I think uh, you guys have a totally wrong read on Royce Lewis. His swing is really messed up. He's definitely not a guarantee. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Nick Gordon, but he has an equal chance to be maybe like a totally average forgettable player as an all-star at this point. His swing's really messed up, so I just think that there's a reason for him to be untouchable in future trade talks. So you, uh, you, you, pull, you pull the trigger? Oh, he's listening oh, he's to listening himself, himself on the radio now. I got a couple of tweets here. I don't know if you, you guys want to hear a couple of tweets. phones are blowing up right now. <laughs> it's my motivational speaking, man. It fired him up. Al says, you were adamant the Twins couldn't trade a top-shelf prospect for Maeda. Now you want to give up their top overall prospect for one year of a guy who can't pitch for a team already that already has the best offense in baseball? I know you're creating talkers, but this is dumb. I'm not creating talkers. I 100% believe that they should do this. And again, baseball genius Eno Saris says it was, quote, a brilliant idea. Doomsday Man tweets in. You see what Doomsday Man said? said, damn it, Rami, I was so against this when the show started, but man, I'm starting to think big now. The Fleck quote got me. Doomsday Man. Come back to your senses. You skipped over Travis's tweet, which is, you need to drug test Rami now. He has obviously been smoking (laughs) some big bowls this week. Hashtag. Irrelevant. Put it down. Irrelevant. Andrew and Egan, you're on Score North. Do you do it? I don't do it. I let Mookie go to L.A. What I do is attach Larnack and Duran. And pilfer price or pilfer sale off of the Red Sox. Whoa! I don't know about that one. I don't know about sale these days, man. I don't know about Chris Sale. I don't know. Uh-uh. Like arm falling off, guys. He's yes. kind of a head case. He's a head case, and his arm is close to coming right off his body. Ryan and Fargo, do you pull the I trigger? Would, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, man. Yeah, you're on. I would do it. If you can get them for the right price, absolutely. With this roster, pun intended. Maybe. Yeah, can we get some? We, since we're talking Boston, can we get some Boston? <laughs> well, we, at least we know that if Mookie Betts and David Price have to and guys, parallel park in tight quarters, if the Red Sox see. change course. And trade Mookie to Minnesota instead of the Dodgers? Brand new Boston Vent line. Do I need anything else? Do I need another cherry on top for you people? Another Boston Vent line. I don't know what just happened in these last 25 minutes. I'll tell you what my happened. Head's spinning. I'll tell you what happened. You opened your mind. I, I know exactly what happened. Eno Saris screwed us. <laughs> That's what happened. Baseball <laughs> genius, my behind. All right. When we come back here. Thanks, Eno. Call from a guy named Judd. Phone lines open the rest of the hour, too. 651-646-8255. It's a Friday fun day, so we're going to have some in-other-news action at 5 o'clock. And Gerson Rosas will join us at 515, Wolves president of basketball operations. And with Andrew Wiggins packing his bags and going out west, Judd Zolgad has prepared for us his pecking order of the biggest Minnesota sports draft busts in order ranked. Open for interpretation, too. So I did top 10, but I need help. We'll do that when we come back here after we talk about a couple important things that pertain to the Mackie and Judd with Rami show. Number one, Dale Tondrick's wealth management. 
Dale Tondrick is here to make sure that you have all the information you need to save money for retirement. And, and, and if you're in your mid-30s like me or if you're closer to retirement age, then it really doesn't matter uh, how far along you are in your journey here to save money. There's always things you can do, always little tweaks you can make. And, and, and just remember, the, the adjustments you make one way or the other could make or cost you a lot of money in your retirement years. So just doing it sort of willy-nilly on your own is a bad idea. Having someone who spends his life and day-to-day thinking about this, like Dale Tondrick, is a huge advantage. With Dale Tondrick, you'll meet face-to-face with a trusted source of information to help you on your path. Call Tondrick Wealth Management today at 952-401-1671. His number, he's very friendly, 952-401-1671. He is. He loves the twins. Or go to myinvestingcoach.com. That's myinvestingcoach.com. Judd? Speaking of nice guys, I want to talk to you about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Team, and their guaranteed sales program. If you are looking to sell your home this spring... Listen, Jason and his team, they're going to guarantee the sale of your home when you list with the Walgrave Real Estate Group. Yes, I said guarantee because you know what you hear a lot of about in this town? You're guaranteed offers, right? I'm going to guarantee your offer. We got a guaranteed offer. Well, that sounds all well and good, but Jason's saying this isn't about an offer, folks. This is about if you're going to sell your home, a guaranteed sale. So how can you not go in this direction? And now you're saying, well, Judd, this sounds fantastic, but how do I find out more? And it's this simple. All you need to do, go to jasonsguarantee.com. That's jasons, J-A-S-O-N-S, guarantee.com. Click on the guaranteed sell button to learn how the program works because there is stress in any move, right? There's conversations, there's decisions, there's stress, stress, stress. Well, what if I told you I was going to take so much of that stress off you by by having you go to Jason's website, jasonsguarantee.com, and go with his guaranteed sale program. Again, jasonsguarantee.com. Click on the Guaranteed Sale button. You'll be glad you did. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back to Mackie and Judd with Rami here in just a moment. But first, join Team Mackie and Score North at this year's Big Climb Minneapolis on Saturday, February 15th at the Capella Tower as we raise money to fight blood cancer. Donate to our team or join Team Mackie for just $20 when you use the promo code Mackie when you register to climb. For more information, visit scorenorth.com keyword climb. Glenn Taylor, as you heard at the beginning of the show, joined Darren Doogie Wolfson on the Scoop podcast and talked about the decision to go over the luxury tax. Well, I mean, it's a difficult one. It's a financial one that uh, I don't uh, particularly like to be there. And, you know, so uh, uh, but when we got down to uh, how we were going to do all these trades and to work it out to get the right players, it just came up that we were going to go over and. And eventually, you know, he asked me to make a decision if I was willing to do that. And I told him I was. And that just gave him some freedom to do some things that, uh, uh, that you know, when we ha- had a lower figure that he just couldn't do. You can join Score North's Rami Maklov and Team KSTP at this year's JDRF One Walk to create a world without type 1 diabetes. On Saturday, February 22nd, join our team or donate to Team KSTP over at scorenorth.com, keyword JDRF. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Speculation. I just, you read your tweet first and then and I'll read mine and we'll get to Judge Pecking Order, Rami. But About the uh, trade? I just saw who tweeted it. This is, go ahead, go first and then. This is, okay, this is Dan Clark? 
Yeah. And he says, hearing that the Mookie Betts David Price blockbuster trade is finally official, congratulations, Dodgers fans. I'm not familiar with Dan. You know something about I've Dan? I've seen that dude. Like, that dude, he's one of those, like, pretends to be a baseball insider. And his bio, and he has a blue check mark for whatever that's worth and 32,000 followers. He says, write about baseball at tbldaily.com and talk about it yeah. on various radio stations and podcasts. No one knows what TBL Daily is, and you can't just say that you're on various radio stations and podcasts. <laughs> I'm going to click on the link specific. for tbldaily.com. Let's uh, but, see if my computer blows up. But Steve. Steve Mason from the Mason and Ireland show on ESPN Los Angeles, and he follows the Dodgers and is plugged in. This is speculation, but it's probably educated speculation from Steve Mason. He says, I still have complete faith that the Mookie to Dodgers deal will happen, but the Red Sox may need to identify a prospect they want in a different organization. Then the Dodgers would send Kenta Maeda to the new team and eliminate the Twins from the deal altogether. Sweet. So we'll see what transpires And I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. I mean, I'd rather get Mookie, but I'm totally fine with that, too. Yeah, you're not going to give up another top 10 prospect no. for Kentamida. That's just not going to happen. So Gerson Rosas joins the show in about a little over a half hour from right now. But with our guy, Andrew Wiggins, or more specifically, my guy, Andrew Wiggins, heading out west. Just nice work, by the way. Packing his bags, traveling out on Route 66, which would be an inefficient way to get to San Francisco, but it heads west. Judd Zolgad has put together his list of mm-hmm. the biggest... Minnesota sports draft or prospect busts? How are you classifying this? Um, they are they are draft, and for almost the entire part, they are drafted by by the Minnesota team. Okay. In Wiggins' case, he was not, but he might as well. We're going to count him. Yep. He falls in the category for sure. All right, let's uh, fire this up. All right, I'll start at ten and work my way up. Only two guys outside of top ten picks made my list. All right, but I'll start with one at number ten. Just because it's recent and he was just, he's such a massive flop for expectation. Laquan Treadwell. Oh, wow. 23rd pick, so he's way down in the first round. And I don't, I'm not going to make this a habit. 23rd pick of 2016. I put him at number 10. And I would say if you have nicknames like Megaquan and (laughs) Laquantasaurus Rex, if your nicknames put you on a pedestal, and your your play puts you on the bench, then you're up you're up a couple rungs on this list than you normally would. Be. Yes, so he is number ten on my list. Speaking of which, is JD the real deal Durbin on your list? No, you know what that that, that guy nicknamed himself the real yeah, deal. Yeah, and then a seventy that was RA. pretty bad. You know what? <laughs> I stayed away. I stayed away from baseball picks because baseball picks are a little bit hard because they're supposed to they take so long to develop. Sure. Uh, so I basically went with Vikings picks. Um, wild, lots of wolves, and one North Star pick. Okay. Number nine on my, my list is actually the highest wild pick, I believe, who just completely busted. Benoit Poulier, first round pick, fourth overall in 2005. Played for like eight teams, just bounced around. But fourth overall pick, you don't mess those up. Didn't he get like 10 years of run in the NHL? Yeah, that's something? the thing is he just bounced around. Yeah. But But if you're in the top five... You better damn well be a good player. More than a journeyman. Yeah, exactly. Haven't the Wild only had like two top five picks in the history of their franchise? Gabrick and Benoit Benoit, Poulier. Yes, exactly right. So that was the fourth overall pick in 2005. I 100% knew that. See, Rami Mm -hmm. dropping hockey bombs on the show. Well, you said journeyman, which was accurate. Hockey bombs. I thought that was good. Yes, sir. (laughs) Number eight, we get to my first Timberwolf, and this might be too low. As I said, this is such a list of failures. That you, you could certainly debate my placing. I think the names are all Such accurate. A list of failures. Oh, it's just people that failed in life. 
at least when it comes to their job. And still still made a lot of money. Let's, <laughs> oh, yeah, they're far richer than I. Like Benoit, Benoit is, is it Pouliot or Pouliot? Pouliot, I believe. Okay, like that guy, even though he was above oh, his millions. profession, is living a better life than we are. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. But because of that, we can throw daggers. <laughs> We're punching up. We're still technically yeah. punching up. Exactly yes, right, yeah. Rami Maklov. That's right. Number number eight on my list, the sixth overall pick in the 2009 NBA draft, of course, right after Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flynn. Oh, man. Johnny Flynn was drafted by the Timberwolves ahead Johnny of Steph Flynn. Curry because he played pretty well in a 14-overtime game. For Syracuse, right? In the uh, Big East. Was it the Big East tournament? Yeah, Big East tournament. Oh, yeah. Yes. So Johnny Flynn is number eight on my list. Number seven on my list, we continue down the path of Timberwolves failures. The fourth overall pick in 2010, one year later, Wesley Johnson. Yeah. Wesley Johnson. Again, the fourth overall pick. Got to give you something. It's actually pretty... I'm sure there's going to be even more Timberwolves here. Oh, at there some are. Point, but Don't like, worry. The number of top, top picks the Timberwolves have had who didn't even become like the guy off the bench that scores 20 points is pretty right. miraculous. Number six on my list... The fourth overall pick in the 2012 National Football League draft, and he had one good year, but man, he was supposed to be your 10-year left tackle, Matt Khalil. Yeah. Better better career in franchise pizza chain restaurants yes. than the NFL. One, Nothing wrong with that. He had one good season. What's the chain? Pyology. Pyology? But I believe they closed them all. Oh. Okay. Well, he's not very good at that then. either. Wait, did his football career actually last longer than his pyology career? You know what? I don't know if pyology expanded to different states. Is pyology spelled how it looks? Yes. Yeah, how it sounds. But so, I'm pretty yeah. sure there was a pyology in Mankato that after he left here just closed. Yeah. So there, there's a chance that his uh, football career, which I think is now done if I'm not mistaken, uh, but he was bouncing around. I think his uh, football career did last slightly longer than the pizza career. I see something about a uh, pyology pizzeria in St. Paul. Still open? Highland Park and St. Paul. Well, if, it's like still, it. if it's still open, then he is. I Googled it's it. It's not that far away from here, actually, if if a listener wants to. Well, I don't know. let us know. Drop off a pie or two. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say go check on it to see if the door is open. No. Yeah. Free food. <laughs> free Number- food. That combines two of my three favorite foods, Italian and free. <laughs> Number Number five on my list. The second overall pick in the NBA draft in 2011, Derek Williams. God, that guy could... That guy could jump through the ceiling of an arena and still on the way down when he's trying to dunk the ball, it would go Missed. off the rim and fly back to center court. How many times did Ricky Rubio throw beautiful lob passes and Derek Williams would go for the windmill alley-oop and dong? And it became pretty clear early on that he was not going to succeed, right, Philip? It was, yeah. I it, thought like, it became... Early in the second year, it was like, yeah, ah, this guy is yeah, pretty terrible. Now, I received threats that if this guy was not... Number one, my mantle of sports dad would be taken away, but he was drafted too late to be atop this entire list. He was the 12th overall pick in the 2011 NFL draft, Christian Ponder. Yeah, he has, yeah. I don't think he can be number one because he's the 12th overall pick. I think you got to be a higher pick. I got to think about who some of these other picks are, but yeah, he's. Number three on my list from South Carolina, seventh overall in 2005, the man who was going to replace Randy Moss, of course, because he had speed to burn. Troy Williamson. Troy Williamson. The big story for him going into the 2007 season, I believe, was how he spent all offseason working on his hands and his vision. At the Nike Vision Camp. Yeah. And it, it was going to be a changed man. That The reason why he couldn't catch a pass for a, a giant football coming across your face was that like his depth perception or something was off or his vision yeah, was well, blurry. It just turned out his hands sucked. Yep. 
It's Can you tough. imagine what kind of athlete you have to be to get to the NFL as a wide receiver not knowing how to catch a football? Oh, my God. I mean, Can Troy, you imagine, Troy Williams. I know. Can you imagine how good you have to be at everything else involved with being a wide receiver? That you get to the you get to that level without knowing how to do like the primary thing that that guy does. But do those other things? You have to be fast enough to not just be blanket covered by any defensive back, right? So you have to have a minimum of like a, a four six forty or something just to get out there. Yeah. But does anything else matter? I, I mean, got, don't be five five. I got a name for you, Rami. That's going to ring a bell in the same exact vein. Okay, Willie Willie Galt. Yeah, Willie Galt, right? Raiders, Sprinter. right? Uh, Bears, too, Bears right? First, Bears, yeah. Bears first. Okay. But they just thought he's so fast, it's a slam dunk. Didn't the, didn't the Vikings, oh, uh, God, Todd uh, something, Todd uh, oh. Todd, Todd Lober, Lober, right? Todd Lober. The Vikings brought in a sprinter oh. to training camp one time. Guys, Bob just tweeted us, Pyology in St. Paul is closed. It's now a salad palace. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a what? <laughs> the salad palace? I don't even know where to start. Man, there's what, what's the slogan? I mean, <laughs> the salad palace. Oh my god! Oh my god! Come on what? in, the salad palace. <laughs> Make it romaine. Oh, there's one mean. thought that came oh, to my man. mind. I'm not saying because I like being employed. <laughs> All right, the pecking order. Where are we? Number, at? So number three, Troy Williamson. I want to know the thought. Oh man! <laughs> and how does a pizza joint become a salad joint? Exactly. But, exactly. Well, they just there's Guilt always like a shame. Isn't there always like a salad bar at every pizza place? You just stop making pizzas. You just fill up the salad bar the entire time. By the way, okay, oh, salad man. bars at pizza places. So fraudulent. Yeah. You, you know exactly what you're doing when you walk in the doors. Why do you need to fill any other space you know what? just to make you feel better? Honestly, I like a good salad on the side with my pizza. Yeah, I got a good little salad, some, some, some Italian dressing. What, to, you to, throw it on the yeah, your, yeah, your yeah man. No, just on the side. I like it. Yeah, he's I right. Like, I like I like having the back and forth to go to. I like a bite of salad, a bite of pizza, a bite of salad, a bite of pizza. Yeah, is the salad right. cutting yeah. into how many pieces of pizza you oh, would have no, had? No, absolutely not. Then what's no, the point? Of I it? like salad. Not enough to go to a place called the Salad Palace, but I like salad. Oh. <laughs> I well, like a good salad. How, how about this? Pizza on the base of the plate, salad on top of it. I've had that. I've done that. I've had that. Because the salad's good on the pizza. Mm-hmm. They can Certain get mixed greens. up, and it's what? not offensive. Certain greens you can throw on a pizza you after it's been baked, a, like uh, like some yeah. arugula. Throw some arugula on top of a pizza. Hold yeah, on, I'll do that. I'm yeah. fine with that. Lettuce going on to your pizza. Pizza is just fine. Yeah. I don't know if I need a Cobb salad pizza. Well, though. no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a salad bar. Nobody said anything about hard boiled eggs. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> We're talking about the ingredients yeah. are similar, so right. they can in, they can commingle. Yeah, listen, I'll take a. Could I get a strawberry vinaigrette deep dish pizza, please? That'd be Rami. great, Rami. Help him out. A little, yeah. Some of those pecan, uh, those candied pecans on top. Too. Great. I need some croutons with my pizza. It's fine. It's not bad. Croutons are good on croutons anything. Croutons are fine. Yeah, croutons man. are great. Croutons, croutons go on everything. Pizza. Croutons are good just on their own. Exactly right. Yeah. Number two on my list Snack after Troy croutons. Williamson at three. Now I know that you guys aren't going to care, but I'm going to. I'm going to give you this guy's name, where he was drafted, and then some of the subsequent picks in this draft. 1983, the North Stars got the first overall pick and took Brian Lawton. Mm-hmm. Subsequently, 
Pat LaFontaine was taken after him. A pretty good player by the name of Sylvia Turgeon was taken after him. A very good goaltender by the name of Tom Barrasso was taken, if I'm not mistaken, in the top five or six. And Steve Eiserman, who went on to a Hall of Fame career with the Detroit Red Wings, was taken after him, okay? I think there's a chance if you take a guy like Stevie Y, the North Stars never leave town. Yeah, so it may, so that, it was dra- that huge draft pick miss. may have driven the North Stars to Dallas. If you have Stevie Y as a center, a franchise player, I think that your attendance and things continue to track right and and that it would have made a difference. So that pick is an all-timer. That's number two. Because, guys, I think I got to go. Number one is our guy, Wiggy. Andrew Wiggins for the expectation, for the talent level, for because... I mean, we're not talking about this throw into a to the Kevin Love trade. We celebrated that trade. We all we, thought we actually printed at fifteen hundred ESPN. Yes. We printed getting wiggy with it t shirts and sold them at the state fair that year. <laughs> but, I just but found that shirt ju- last week but and did gave it, it to justified? Goodwill. Yeah, it did, and it was like the process was good process. Trade Kevin Love, who didn't want to be here and had a falling out with the front office, and trade Kevin Love for the number one overall pick. And the guy that was going to be the next best player in the NBA, he was. There was legitimate talk about Andrew Wiggins being on the LeBron James level and taking the mantle at some point in the NBA. So I know I and I've savaged him for his entire career here for the most part. But can you call a guy who's averaged twenty points a game over six years the biggest bust? Like he's. I think Judd's right. It, it it all it it all depends on the expectations and what comes with where you were picked. I mean, you just laid out what people thought about this guy when he came out number one pick yeah. in a good draft, by the way, in a good draft at the time looked like a really good draft. Joel Embiid, Jabari Parker, like that was that was a good draft with with a couple of guys behind him who would have gone number one in most drafts in Embiid and Parker, like I just mentioned. That can't that comes with a lot of expectations. To go number one in that draft, to come with the nickname Maple Jordan. Like you said, to be the guy who a lot of people thought the torch could be passed on, passed on to from LeBron James, for those expectations to where he finished, I can't argue with, with him being number one on Judd's list. Yeah. Now, granted, there were hockey players on that list, and I couldn't tell you the first thing about them. But as far as the guys who I know and understand about, I can't argue with it. Also worth noting, too, to get to those 20 points, he was one of the most inefficient players in the NBA over those yeah. six years. And actually, good segue here, because we were just talking about this before the show started, or maybe it was during the last commercial break. You know, Wiggins fell back into his Wiggins ways these last few weeks and just would, would go three for 11 and disappear. And and like it was the last few weeks just felt like the old Wiggins. The first month and a half of the season, when everything was fresh and the Wolves were 10 and 8 and, and they were... They were, they were energized. He did look like a different player. But it is worth noting, if Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders and the system that they've implemented and the work that they did with Andrew Wiggins in the offseason and at the beginning of the year, if it wasn't for his revival in the first like two months of the year, they don't get the Warriors to take him. If you look at Wiggins so far, and like the Warriors aren't sitting there. I know they have scouts, but the Warriors aren't sitting there every single day watching some of the annoying things that we've watched. Andrew Wiggins has career highs this season in offensive efficiency, assists, rebounds, and player efficiency rating. And again, I am he is good riddance, goodbye. I can't believe they got rid of that contract. But if he doesn't put up career numbers in some of those categories and get off to the hot start he does earlier, then the Wolves aren't able to trick a team into taking his $27 million contract. 
So I say mission accomplished. They came in here, and Judd, you've been saying this for two years. Just pump some air in the tires and then roll the tire down the road to a, to another team that thinks that they like that's what they did. They pumped enough air in his tires. Can you help us get, with this, Andrew Wiggins? Here we got a. I mean, they pumped enough air in his tires to get a smart organization to say, "All right, not only will we we'll take him on, but we'll actually give you well a really good player, a better player than Andrew Wiggins." Two things, and the two things I'm going to say are on some level going to contradict themselves, but these are just two things that I've heard. A that the Warriors have been interested. And Andrew Wiggins for a long time since he was drafted that they think that they could or could have done something with him when he came into the league or early in his career. Mm-hmm. That this isn't the first time that the Warriors have had their eyes on Andrew Wiggins. The other thing is, and I brought this up to Judd today on Score North Live weekdays noon at two Score North and the Score North app. When we talk about trades in the NFL, anytime the Patriots pull off a trade. Don't you just assume they know something that the other side doesn't because they're just that good? Bill Belichick and their their player evaluation is is that smart and that ahead of the game because it just seems like they are. They will they will trade guys a year before they should trade them, and they'll take guys who nobody was really looking for and make good football players out of them. Are we really so quick to jump to the conclusion? As much as I like Garrison Rosas, and I believe in this front office and that they could turn this thing around, are we really so quick to jump to the conclusion that they pulled one over the Warriors' eyes, that they, they fleeced the Golden State Warriors for as good of a an organization as that has been, as good as they've been with player valuation and player mm-hmm. development? Are we really just going to jump to that conclusion? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not quite ready to do that yet. Well, I, I, would actually, I, I actually would flip it around and look at the D'Angelo Russell side of it first and say, All right, this dude is wildly talented. And he can shoot threes at a at a high clip, and he's got all these different skill sets that you don't see every player in the NBA have. Well, if that's the case, why is he on his fourth team at the age of twenty three? Like I I, w- I would almost look at that first. That's another factor. You know why? No, I, but you can but you can go through every one and sort of logically deduce when he was in Los Angeles, he had the thing with was it Nick Young where he said oh, like, he Young, like he yeah. like ratted Nick Young out in a social media video for cheating. Dude, he, tore his... apart, he tore apart Swaggy P and Iggy Azalea. Right, he's the reason that 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 love affair fell apart. So he had to go. And I really thought those two crazy kids were going to make it. it and really here comes like Angelo Russell. We need dude. a Netflix documentary. Knife in my heart. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he had to go. And Iggy's and Iggy's heart. Steve Kerr was talking about the trade today, and uh, on D'Angelo Russell, he says to be blunt. The fit was questionable when we signed him. Mm-hmm. On Andrew Wiggins, he says Wolves needed Andrew Wiggins to be a star. We're not asking him to be a star. Yeah. And if you play this out, the Warriors are the Warriors are playing the long game here. The Warriors aren't worried about 2020, and really the Wolves aren't either. The Warriors are looking at what fits better with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. And D'Angelo Russell from the get-go never fit. It didn't make sense, but they didn't need it to make sense because those because Clay Thompson was out for the season. The stories from both sides basically paint the exact same picture, which, which was both teams are thrilled to have dumped a player. Mm-hmm. So we'll see now. It, this essentially comes down to a game of chicken. Were both teams wrong? Were both teams right? We don't know. But it, but the stuff that you read about D'Angelo Russell being traded by Golden State yesterday from the Bay Area, if you replaced his name with Wiggins' name, it's the same thing. But I think it's also worth noting here that the real asset the Warriors are getting here isn't Andrew Wiggins. It might it might be if they can breathe life into him and awesome. It's the pick. They th- follow the trail here. They they wind up 
Kevin Durant's going to leave a year ago, and they, they, they don't want to wind up with nothing, so they wind up facilitating. Sure. A, Durant goes over here. D'Angelo Russell comes yep. in here. Let's let's at least wind up with something. Yep. Even though D'Angelo Russell wasn't going to be playing next to the other two guards, okay, then how can you spin D'Angelo Russell into an... It's basically, how can you turn Kevin Durant's departure into something? And they've turned him into a first-round pick and a flyer on Andrew Wiggins. How much defense do you guys think that, that D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns have to play because it's clearly not going to be lights out? How much defense do you think that these two have to play when they're together on the floor for this team to be successful? A lot more. I don't expect a lot of defense out of D'Angelo Russell because he's a six foot. What is he? Six foot three, six foot four. He's not. You know, I, he's not going to be shutting someone down like Bruce Bowen in his prime. But if you're a seven foot athletic dude who can get out on the perimeter and you can move around like Carl Anthony Towns, it's actually pretty inexplicable that that dude doesn't play better defense than he does. And some of it's effort. I think some of it is, you know, just reading from smarter people than me who cover the Timberwolves in the NBA. The communication between Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins was always suspect, and Wiggins was terrible. In fact, Basketball Reference, they posted something yesterday on their Twitter account. Of the 780 players, I want to say, that logged like 15,000, whatever, the, like enough minutes over the past 18 years of tracking, Andrew Wiggins was the worst defensive rating of all of those players. And so you... You take that guy out, and he's either confused or doesn't try or whatever it is, and you take him, you take that bad apple defensively out, and maybe there's a trickle-down effect. But some of it's just on Towns. I I need Towns to play. I need Towns to take a bigger step up defensively than D'Angelo Russell. But I also need D'Angelo Russell to not shoot 40% and go 11 for 35. Like He's the type of guy that will make make up his mind early in a game and say, I'm taking 29 shots tonight, and I don't care if... 20 of them hit the back iron, so he's got to rein some of that into. But it's a better fit for the Warriors. It's a better fit for the Timberwolves. And we will talk to Gerson Rosas in about 20 minutes, too. Do you have any concerns about D'Angelo Russell? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Because I, I do, too. He's, a, he's, a, he's more of a volume scorer than an efficient scorer. Uh, I think in a league where a lot of the dominant players, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, like a lot of the dominant players are... Six seven to six nine wing players who can play multiple positions. The entire Rockets roster, basically. I worry that the Wolves are basing their blueprint around a seven footer and a point guard. That feels a little. But again, I I think I think Gerson Rosas and this front office. I think they see the matrix in a way that is different then we probably see it, and I think they're smart. I trust them. I, I used the word today on uh, Score North Live, which, of course, Rami? Weekdays, noon to two, scorenorth.com and the Score North app if you want to go back and listen to it. I used the word curious. I'm curious to see how th- this works, because I was excited for Butler, and I was swept up in, oh, Jimmy Butler's a great player. Um, but when it comes to this franchise now, and this move in particular, you guys, I'm just curious. Now, it engages me a lot more. Because the crap we saw on Wednesday, which was inexcusable, was just garbage. So I'm back engaged, but I'm not excited so much as I am now just curious to watch it to see how it starts to look. He's not that different from Andrew Wiggins. When you look at it, and this was at The Athletic today in like a roundtable discussion that they have, and you get to the analytics portion of it, they have like four different guys. We have four different areas of expertise in the NBA. Neither Wiggins nor Russell has ever had a season in the top 100 in uh, single-year RAPM. That's real adjusted plus minus. And only Wiggins has a season with meaningfully positive estimated impacts. Aside from Russell's 
what they call rather fluky finish, 86 last year. Neither player has ever finished higher than 347th in single season RAPM. Mm-hmm. I think what you're hoping for, yeah, and those like with Wiggins, Both bad defensively. Yep, and and Wiggins has put up. We've talked about win share numbers on the show. How Wiggins ranks like 400th some of these seasons and advanced win share numbers. I think the the goal here for the Timberwolves is can their system and vision and Carl Anthony Towns all mesh better to get the most out of D'Angelo Russell compared to what they would have gotten or have gotten out of Andrew Wiggins. Like they're they're betting that everything we've set up here is going to help D'Angelo Russell reach his max potential. Is his max potential to be James Harden? Probably not. But is it to be much better than Andrew Wiggins was? That would be the goal. And we'll talk to Gerson Rosas in about 15 minutes here. He's expected to call the show Mackie and Jub with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. Our Friday fun day commences with in other news when we come back here. We, we had to bump it yesterday just because everything was hitting the wall. But we'll get to in other news and Gerson Rosas when we come back here to the TCL studios. Let's talk about Luther Toyota here for a second. Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Have you seen some of these new Highlanders? Go check them out on the corner of 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Great new design, lots of extras, safety features, technology, perfect for Minnesota winters as well because you get not only the the massive body of a Highlander, but... Uh, you get that four wheel drive. Uh, you just you just trudge through snow. I've you know as a guy who for 15 years drove non four wheel drive vehicles, it's very nice. I'm in I'm in a Rav4 XLE this year, and I just feel safer. It just feels, I just have more control during some of these slippery time periods as we probably have to ride out another month plus of winter time. So again, winter just goes a little easier behind the wheel of a Highlander, of a Tundra, of a Tacoma Forerunner Rav4 at Luther Brookdale Toyota 694. And Brooklyn Boulevard. Also, Federated Mutual Insurance Company is uh, one of our proud partners here at Score North and on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And in addition to Federated helping business owners and giving business owners peace of mind and being charitable and helping raise millions upon millions of dollars for big brothers and big sisters, Federated is just a great place to work. Uh, there's just it's it's twice in a row now. It's been named a top 150 workplace by the Star Tribune. Their CEO Jeff Fetters was named top CEO for large companies in Minnesota. It's based in Owatonna, over 100 years of experience. And I've had a chance to go out there a few different times and just meet people from all different levels. And people people not only rave about the work that Federated does for businesses and for business owners, but they, they just rave about the work environment. They rave about the company culture and the company structure. So you can go to federatedinsurance.com slash careers to find out more about why Federated is such a great place to work. And federatedinsurance.com straight up is the place you can go to find out more about how they can help you as a business owner. I think he's into it. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. It's Friday. Let's have some fun. I'm Mac and Judd Let's take a break from all that hard-hitting sports talk that we bring you here on Score North and bring you some of the more weird and wacky news from around the world, including from Ohio. 
A confused and inebriated Ohio man looking for answers in the wrong place frantically called the cops 25 times. Harvest Gardner, 32, is now facing a felony charge of disrupting the public after being arrested early Monday following his alleged torrent of phone calls, according to the Cincinnati Acquirer, in search of his lost hooded sweatshirt. Oh, this sounds like Judd. (laughs) What's his name again? His name is Harvest Gardner. Police told Gardner, who was allegedly like intoxicated name. at the time, to simply go back to bed, but he kept calling cops, providing different locations for cops to respond, the newspaper reports. Gardner, who was being held at the Hamilton County Justice Center, was scheduled to appear in court early Tuesday. It's unclear if he's hired an attorney. Called the cops 25 times looking for his lost hoodie. Judd, have you ever beat somebody up over a, over a hooded sweatshirt? What's the, what's the, the furthest no, length No, because I wouldn't to? want to get hurt. And by the way, he was calling him with leads. It sounds like every time he called, he was like, hey, go check, I don't know, the bodega I was at earlier today. Go check the McDonald's. He, he couldn't have been too drunk because at some point you just fall asleep, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't you? 25 times he called the cops with a lead on his lost hooded sweatshirt. I love the persistence, man. <laughs> And this is also this is also under the category of outsource your life, right? Listen, I don't have time to do this, but let me make a couple phone calls. Hey, man, a nice hoodie. You don't want to lose a nice hoodie. I'm, for my favorite, true. for my favorite hoodie, I might do that. I might do that. Twenty-five times. Twenty-five times. Yes. Uh, Gerson Rosas expected to join here in about ten minutes from now. I think we have a theme here. This is from BustedCoverage.com. Another Ohio man. We're going to stay in the state of Ohio for for this one. Yeah, enough Florida man. Let's beat up on another state. Ohio man Gregory Siepel, 47 years old, was arrested last week and remains in jail over an argument about bacon. That's right. <laughs> an argument about bacon that turned into Greg allegedly taking a razor blade and cutting a man over how much oh, bacon my the guy God. had consumed oh. Thursday morning. Clearly, you know better when you stop eating Greg's bacon. <laughs> Is that a line? Don't do that when I'm that, sipping coffee. Is that a, is that a line in the story oh, that you're eating? Clearly, you better know when to stop eating Greg's bacon is the line. <laughs> I butchered the line. But. Uh, let's go to the police report here. Oh. This is from WHIO. The victim said he made bacon this morning for, brec- uh, for breakfast, a Miami County Sheriff's report said. He said Mr. Siepel was arguing with him about the bacon and the amount of bacon he had eaten. The argument, the victim said, led to Siepel grabbing him by the back of the head and putting a razor blade to his neck oh my God. and cutting him. Oh, my God. He remains in jail what? on $50,000 bond. Where did he cut him on his neck? Because, I mean, if you do it up front, Dude. that's attempted murder. Yeah, but it's bacon. There's only so much. Don't be selfish. I was going to say, share the bacon. I love bacon wow. as much as the next guy, but apparently not. Good God. You're not going to cut a guy? I love no. bacon. No. I will, I will cut you. Because you know what? I can't stand the sight of blood. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, what, that's what would stop you? I would never cut a person's the, neck. The, no. the amazing thing Gross. about this interaction is at, at some point in the interaction, and this is not part of the police report, but we can fill in the gaps here. Oh. At some point in this interaction... The guy who was making the bacon, looking over at the guy who was eating too much bacon, said, if you eat another piece, I will cut you. And he did. To which he probably thought, this dude's just kidding. I want to know where he cut him, though. That's that's important. I mean, you could kill a person that way. If the guy died, 
It would that would have been the headline. He's fine, I'm sure. If the guy dies, he dies. In other news. That's not what I was gonna say. If he dies, he dies. Dateline Waukesha, Wisconsin. Oscar Meyer's iconic Wienermobile got a grilling from a Wisconsin sheriff's deputy because the driver of the giant hot dog failed to give enough room to another car on the road with emergency lights. The deputy pulled over the Wienermobile and gave the driver a verbal warning for not following the law, the the Waukesha Sheriff's Office said in a tweet posted Monday. It showed a picture of the sheriff's deputy SUV parked behind the Wienermobile with the hashtags... Move over, hashtag slow down, hashtag Wienermobile. Traffic laws require vehicles to move out of the lane closest to another car that is on the side of the road with emergency lights flashing. The first Wienermobile was created in 1936 and has gone through several iterations since then. What does that police report look like for like information on the car you pulled over? Like normally, like two thousand seven. Give a description. Yeah, like two thousand eight Ford Focus. Uh, what do you put in for that? Wiener wheel. So if you show up in twenty sixteen Wiener, if, if you were driving the Wiener mobile and you show up in court to contest it, like what is the court hearing? Okay, we next have guy driving Wiener mobile. Your Honor, I was in the Wiener mobile. A couple of facts about the Wiener mobile because I lived in Madison, Wisconsin, for almost two years and the oscar meyer plant is like just outside of madison wisconsin okay. and that's where not the wiener mobile guys the fleet of wiener mobiles wow. are kept wow. yes like i would drive past a parking lot on a pretty regular basis because i was delivering pizzas at the time and there was a lot full of wieners just a lot full of wieners did you get that drop jonathan a lot <laughs> Full of wieners and other news. He's composing himself. (laughs) And they do they do drive recklessly. I mean Oh really? Just wieners with reckless abandon all over the road. I'm trying to envision. We're almost trying. I'm trying to envision if someone prominent from Oscar Mayer passes away. And they have a funeral and a burial. <laughs> Do we get a procession of Wienermobiles? <laughs> and does the casket look like a bun? All right. In other news. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Gerson Rosas excited to yeah, join the Gerson show now. Rosas know what he's joining in five minutes? Does he have any idea what is deleted? I don't think he's going to join anymore. <laughs> Hey, hey, Gerson, you got any wacky stories you want to read from Target Center? <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Compose yourself, Rami. You have important news to tell here. Can I get other news? That always centers me. Two men charged with drug trafficking could have done a better job hiding their wares than using a package labeled bag full of drugs, Florida authorities said. Ian Simmons and Joshua <laughs> Reinhardt, both 34, were pulled, were pulled over in Santa Rosa County on Saturday after a trooper clocked them going 95 miles per hour on Interstate 10 on the state's panhandle, according to Florida Highway Patrol arrest uh, report. The trooper determined that Reinhardt was the subject of an active fel- felony warrant for a violation of probation. A Santa Rosa County Sheriff's de- Deputy arrived to assist, and a canine alerted to the presence of contraband in the vehicle. The arrest report said found approximately 75 grams of methamphetamine, 1.36 kilos of GHB, 1 gram of cocaine, 3.6 grams of fentanyl, 15 MDMA tablets, and drug paraphernalia in a bag, again, that read... 
bag full of drugs. <laughs> Both men were taken into custody and taken to jail. They are charged with trafficking in methamphetamine and GHB. In other news... That's amazing. I have a picture of it. Do you guys want to see? They had two bags. Yeah, let's see. Two bags labeled, bag full of drugs. This is from the Santa Rosa County off, uh, Sheriff's Office uh, Facebook page. I'm going to start doing this when I move, by the way. I'm just going to label <laughs> I'm going to call two men in a truck and just have wow. like three, three boxes labeled box full of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> They'll never figure this out. Yeah, can you just, uh, yeah, just put it in the, in the bathroom closet over there? Just. In other news... Right, we're back to Ohio here. Clarence Stahl of Sandusky, Ohio, is in trouble for watching adult videos and drinking Budweiser's at a Sandusky library, according to <laughs> cops who were called to confront this guy who is... Uh, they used a different word. Who is an extensive? Who has an extensive arrest record with the local police. A search of the Sandusky Municipal Court database shows that he has 27 entries for a variety of petty offenses, <laughs> such as theft and intoxication. From Cleveland 19, according to police, an officer was approached on Tuesday just after 7 p.m. by a library goer who reported a man watching pornographic material on the computer at the West Adams Street branch. Police found Clarence Stahl looking at inappropriate content while drinking a Budweiser beer, <laughs> several empty cans, and some were unopened, and he also found a bag under Stahl's computer. The 40-year-old Sandusky man initially gave police his brother's identity, but the, nice. officer, but the officer recognized him and threatened to charge him with providing false information if he wasn't honest. How about this guy just rolling into the county library with a 12-pack of Budweiser and a... So were were his clothes in place when he was watching this? Yeah, I think like, he was just rocking, so this some, was not rocking a, some jeans. I don't know what he was. Not, not sure what he was wearing. Jeans oh, were, that is oh, taking oh. make make yourself at home like a million steps too far, dude. That is ridiculous. Maybe he wears. Maybe he wore sweatpants. Sure he had a library card. <laughs> sure he had a library card. He's going to check some stuff out. Oh, he checked some stuff out. All right. We got time for one more. Here. You want to go, Rami? Uh, I I think I'm all. Uh, I think I'm no, all out. No, you told. I thought you told me about. And there's another Ohio man. No, I only had. I only had the one Ohio. I have one. I got one. I got another. Ohio I have man. one, but I I'm really hesitant to do it with Garrison Rosas about to get on the phone line <laughs> and maybe hear what this story is while he's on. I old. think that means you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he's not. <laughs> you kind of walked yourself into his, a corner here. He's not currently you, on you hold, right? I swear. I swear. This was at the top of my list, and I was like, dude, you don't lead into Garrison Rosas with this story. That's ridiculous. Nope. Got to now. All right. Playing a dangerous game of chicken here, Jonathan. Roving band of herpes-ridden monkeys now floating. No, <laughs> floating Why, Gerson won't mind this. Not no, offensive. No, that ain't, that ain't it. <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> now you got in it. The roving band of feral herpes-ridden monkeys is roaming across northeast Florida. The STD-addled <laughs> rhesus macaque hadn't previously been confirmed. Nope. That's what it was. That's the name of the monkey, man. Been confined to Silver Spring State Park near Ocala, Florida, but are now being spotted miles away in Jacksonville, St. John's, St. Augustine, Palatka. It doesn't matter. They're not Minnesota. Fear not. No feral herpes-ridden monkeys running around here. Even more worrying, over a quarter of the 300 feral, you don't want me to repeat the name of the monkey? The name of the species? An invasive species native to South and Southeast Asia carry herpes B, 
according to a 2018 survey. The monkeys were introduced to the area in the 1930s by a local cruise operator, Colonel Tui's Jungle Cruise, which released 12 monkeys over a series of years onto a man-made island inside Silver Spring State Park. The monkeys swam to freedom and reproduced at alarming rates and are now wandering around residential areas. The potential ramifications are really dire. A University of Florida primate scientist said, a big male, that's an extremely strong, potentially dangerous animal. We're in Florida again? In other news. Oh, no, just stay out of Florida. Everywhere in Florida. <laughs> this is going to be a problem with my spring training trip. Along Everywhere the panhandle. Along the panhandle is where this is going down. You guys want the other Ohio man one? This might be the best of all. Yes. I'm pretty sure Garrison Rosas is not he calling might not us call after this. <laughs> Ohio man Dave Daubenmeyer says on a Facebook video that he didn't actually watch the Super Bowl halftime show live, but he saw enough of the show online to know that it was inappropriate, and now he's promising a lawsuit to end all lawsuits in the amount of $867 trillion against the NFL. That's right. Seems Ohio reasonable. man Dave Daubenmeyer is suing the NFL for $867 trillion. He said of the footage he has analyzed, he saw lots of, quote, crotch shots. And he said he's going to file the lawsuit for pandering adult material and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. $867 trillion. I hope he enjoys that. Wasn't yeah. part of his lawsuit oh, that, they, that they endangered his eternal soul? Was I thought I read that. I, I saw that story. Uh, yes, that okay. is one of the they quotes. They endangered his eternal soul. Yes. That's worth $865 trillion. And that is in other news here. In other news. I'm Mackie and Judd with Rami, Whew. where we dive into all of the non-hard-hitting sports stories of the week. Uh, we now welcome in Gerson Rosas, Wolves President of Basketball Operations. Who's saying to himself, what did I get myself into? What is going on? Who might hang up on us. We're not sure. Uh, we've got very important questions to ask you, starting with, are you going to watch the XFL this weekend, Gerson, the <laughs> debut of the XFL? Uh, unless their last name is Roses, I don't think I'll be watching any XFL action. Okay, that's fair enough. The the Houston Roughnecks and the L.A. Wildcats are going to be, uh, I think, kicking it off tomorrow. We'll Neither Gerson nor I care, yeah. Phil. <laughs> unless it's the, the Oilers, maybe. I don't know about the Roughnecks. Yeah, bring the uh, bring those old Oilers uniforms back. Little Earl Campbell for you, Gerson. <laughs> That's what fun. we need. <laughs> so, what what do you like best about D'Angelo Russell, Gerson Rosas? Uh, to start off with, I think he gives us a high level playmaker, score uh, who can really help us operate our offensive system, and a guy who complements Cat at a high level, uh, both as a pick and roll combo, pick and pop combo. Uh, but his talent level, what he's done at his age, uh, gives us a potential and a high-end level of talent into our system now uh, that we were severely lacking. How, how much work did this deal take? And I, I'm sure, you know, it, it goes back to uh, July or so, Gerson. But just as far as, as throughout the process of the season and trying to get Russell, how many stops and starts? And w- were there times in the last few weeks where you thought this thing is probably dead? No, the reality of it, and, and it's hard, you know, social media and there's so much um, leaks and misinformation that's out there. Like, we've been in talks for a while. Uh, the reality of it is you only get a deal done when both sides agree to a value point. And for us, 
we never felt it was dead, but these processes take time, and there's a lot that goes into it in terms of execution. Uh, we were fortunate it happened now, um, but you know, we, we were we were locked in on him, and we were confident we were going to be able to execute it. I think when he signed with Golden State during the off season, a lot of people still thought. D'Angelo Russell in a Wolves uniform was a realistic possibility, but at the earliest next summer, was that what you thought? And if so, when did you realize it was a reality that this deal could get done in season? Uh, the, the reality for us is that we always have to be uh, proactive and we have to be aggressive. So, um, you know, once uh, he became trade eligible, uh, we were interested in having those conversations um, because we still had the need and we had still had the interest. So, um, we didn't target any specific point. Our focus was being aggressive and seeing if we could execute it sooner rather than later. I mean, for, uh, on the outside looking in from our standpoint, I think it's the, the frustration leading up to this last week of, of Carl Anthony Towns. Seem, it seemed to be palpable. You could just sort of feel it and see it watching the games and just listening to him speak to the media and, and speak publicly and social media. What does this do for a, a how accurate is that assessment of his frustration and, and what did he voice to you uh, to whatever degree you can share? And then what do you think this does to breathe life into one of the most talented players in the NBA? Um, I mean, number one, anytime you're losing games, it's not a fun process. I, I wouldn't want guys that are happy losing games in this locker room. So the frustrations and disappointments are everywhere, you know, but we're a young team. Our focus is establishing identity. Uh, as an organization and on the floor, and that's a hard process. you got to lose before you can win. But secondly, in terms of Cat, like I, I think you can pick and choose quotes or comments. I think in the last two weeks he's also t- you know, spoken out about how he wants to be in Minnesota and how it's important for him to win here and to be successful here. And he's consistently echoed uh, his support for – uh, the organization and for the front office and the work that we're doing because he's 100% committed to what we're doing here. But, hey, you guys know anytime you're losing games, it's not a fun part. It's not a fun process. We can all be better, uh, and we need, we need to all mature and develop in terms of who we're going to be in the future. But that takes time and effort. So to me, it's, you know, you can pick and choose quotes to, to play the perspective up, but there's a group here that's fully committed we want to see this through, and we want to be successful. And fortunately for us, we had a really good week this week to move the program forward. So I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you traded seven players in the last three days, Gerson. And I think from the day that you took over on May 1st of 2019, there's now two players left on the roster from that day being Okogi and Cat. How close is this roster now to being a roster that, that you envision as as being one that can start to win that you thought about the date that you took this job? Are you very close now, or are there still lots of tweaks to possibly be made around Cat and uh, D'Angelo? Uh, we're getting closer, but it's, you know, until you're a contending team and you have a chance to win, you're not done. You know, I would love to have the continuity of a group that's with us for a long period of time, uh, but in reality, unless you're consistently winning, uh, it's hard to keep that continuity. So I would say we're a lot closer. I think the talent that we've added, the players are more systematic to what we want to do. Uh, we have a point guard that can run our system. So we're going to be able to be more successful and, and more effective in terms of the opportunity to win. Um, but we're not done. You know, we've got to continue to build. We've got to continue to develop. And we've got to continue to be aggressive. 
the history of this league tells you that you need multiple stars to win, and we're going to continue to do everything possible. We're fortunate now after this week to be in a position where we've got two top guys we feel really good about. We've got young players that we're excited about. We have assets uh, at, at our disposal that we can use in trades. Um, this draft is going to be another important draft for us. Free agency is going to be important for us. We have to stay aggressive. What we want to do here uh, is a big project, and it takes a lot of effort, and this is only the beginning of it. Today at the press conference, in talking about playing the system that you played, despite the fact that in a lot of people's eyes, the players you had didn't fit that system, you said we needed to know what we have and know what we need. Is that a process that's still going on, or do you think you have a, a pretty good idea of what you have and what you need at this point? And that process doesn't end until you win a championship. It's the reality of the challenge to get better and to compete at the highest level possible, and that's my job. I, I can't be, I can't accept or settle for anything other than the best that this organization is going to be. So that process never ends. Yeah, um, Gerson, how's how's Ryan been doing in this in this first several months as a head coach in your mind? He's an unbelievable partner, uh, and I think you just spoke to it. You know, you're asking a coach uh, to execute a vision and a philosophy that's hard without the right pieces, but his level of ability to lead and motivate and keep guys built in in a situation where you're losing games is hard. But the big picture for us, it's not, it's not about a marginal win here or there. It's about the ability to build a program that over time is going to have success. And with him and what what he and his staff are doing on a day in and day out basis to establish our standards, to establish our character, to establish our habits is very impressive. Is Russell going to play uh, tomorrow night against the Clippers, Gerson? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, he's he's day to day. He he had an injury before he came over, uh, and uh, our guys and he's doing everything possible to be able to go tomorrow. But a combination of that and um, you know uh, finalizing trades. Uh, my, you know, we're we're working through those situations. Yeah, that is Wolves president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas. Uh, the Timberwolves are one of the big trades in franchise history, and we'll see what happens now with Cat and Jangelo Russell as the centerpieces. We really thank you for your time, and we'll talk again sometime soon, Gerson. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care, man. That's uh, Gerson Rosas. So it's an amazing turnover, like middle of the season, and you are just gonna get back into your schedule and you do have the all-star break for a few days at least to try and put together a couple practices but but can holy you holy cow or did, does there's like a day the or CBA two mandate that they can that they're off during that time. well you have you have to be off for like however <laughs> but like you i think you get one or two practices before you jump back into okay. your schedule but yeah, sure <sighs> but like today had to be a free-for-all right i yeah. can't remember ever seeing a press conference where seven new guys were marched onto the stage for a photo op like that, ex- and, was, and uh, Evan Evan Turner wasn't there today. So well, Evan- he's getting a buyout. I think there's a reason why he wasn't there today. Yeah. He's not he's not going to be a Timberwolf, or he's never going to put on the uniform. I guess. Yeah. But I've n- I mean, other than an expansion team, I can't remember a press conference where a team run ran seven new guys out yeah. to a podium. They broke the player party into three parts, right? Yeah, three, three, and then D'Angelo Russell. The closest I can remember in recent NBA history is when. LeBron was with the Cavs, like I think it was the last year with the Cavs, and they traded half their roster, and it, during the middle of a fifty-five, sixty-win season, and they traded right. like five guys, and they got five or six new players, and they tried to make a run, and they, I think they went to the finals with like just random dudes from. It was a Utah trade, is what they made. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. You're so, right. 
when we come back here, we have another update on the Twins' potential trade with the Red Sox. A statement by Scott Boris, the agent of Bruce Dark Gratterall, that we're going to read to you, and we will wrap with Royce here in a second. All right, we're going to come back here, and we will uh, we'll do a couple things. We'll recap Gerson Rosas, and we will also give you an interesting statement by Bruce Dark Gratterall's agent, Scott Boris, from the TCL Studios, where uh, they're showing the age. What's on the TCL TV right now? They're showing the, the fraudulent A.J. Hinch interview on MLB Network. If you want to watch... A fraud in 4K picture quality. Well, TCL TV will get you there. I am not a crook. Uh, it is tainted, by the way, AJ Hinch. TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand, and TCL TVs are available inside any major local retailer. Uh, I love all of the different streaming options. YouTube TV has been something I've been the last month have been all in on. Hulu, all of the all of the main streaming options, but there's 5,000 streaming channels. You can discover streaming channels and niche options that. You never would have thought of with that built-in Roku device. It's just, it's the best combination of price, picture quality, and you can add sound quality also with the TCL Alto soundbar, which is brand new in 2019. TCLUSA.com and any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Destination Winter St. Paul featuring the Wells Fargo Winter Skate and the Securian Financial Superslide is open now through February 22nd over at CHS Field in St. Paul. The Wells Fargo Winter Skate opens daily at 11 a.m. and the Securian Financial Superslide is open Thursday through Sunday. For more information, visit scorenorth.com, keyword winter. If you just missed it, Gerson Rosas joined the boys just a couple minutes ago and he was asked when he realized a deal could be done for D'Angelo Russell and he said the reality for us is that we always have to be uh, proactive and we have to be aggressive so um, you know once uh, he became trade eligible uh, we were interested in having those conversations um, because we still had the need and we had still had the interest so um, we didn't target any specific point our focus was being aggressive and seeing if we could execute it sooner rather than later yeah. Join Team Mackey and Score North at this year's Big Climb Minneapolis on Saturday, February 15th over at the Capella Tower as we raise money to fight blood cancer. Donate to our team or join Team Mackey for just $20 when you use the promo code Mackey when you register to climb. For more information, visit scorenorth.com, keyword climb. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackey and Jonathan Rami. And holy cow, so last year we raised, I want to say $2,400. $3,100 raised for Team Mackey to fight blood cancer, and we're still a week and a day away from the actual climb. So I'm sure there'll be a few more people jumping on board, but you can jump on board and climb with us if you so dare. I mean, listen, I'm not exactly Mr. Olympia, and I've made it up to the top 53 uh, stories of stairs the last couple of years, so I'm not guaranteeing that I make it up without passing out this time, but uh, you're in better shape than me. You can join our team and you'll be just fine. I think Judd is on uh, Team Mackey this year, is he not? Yeah, I thought I'm you stopped. Oh, yeah, you no, I've been, three flights of I've been training. What day again? <laughs> <laughs> training, training, the, the IPA training method. Yeah. With Judd Sulkin. I've, been, I've got my training wheels out. Uh, MackeyLLS.com. If you want to climb with us, we would love to have you on our team. Or if you just want to donate to the cause to eliminate blood cancers. Uh, gentlemen, anything that stood out to you in that Gerson? I mean, Gerson was pretty clear in his press conference today, too. He's like, hey, we're, we'll be transparent as we can, but we're not going to share everything with you. So he's he's not going to sit there and open up about Andrew Wiggins. But what stood out to you guys, either with Gerson on our show last segment or just watching that press conference earlier today? Well, part of, of it 
for me, goes back to his comment at the press conference today where he basically said that, that there had been criticism from the media about the fact that the Timberwolves were playing a style that didn't fit their personnel previous to this trade. And I don't know that I agree with that. I, I know that there were some people that criticized it, but I think as a whole, we all understood the price of poker here. The one that didn't seem to understand was Carl Anthony Towns. Right, right, right. But like with us, I don't think... Now, did it work? Absolutely not. But we talked about this in training camp, right? That there was a full acknowledgement, I think, on a lot of our parts that they were going to play a style that wasn't going to work and that the natural evolution eventually, and I guess I didn't probably think it would be in February of this year, but the evolution eventually with Gerson and probably Ryan was going to be to get people that fit or personnel that fit the system. So I don't really think that there was a disconnect there. I think the fans now, granted, the team stunk and fell off the map and was disappointing so people didn't go. But that's the Timberwolves. I don't think there was this whole thing about what are you doing playing this style. I think a lot of us said, oh, yeah, we knew that you were going to do it. We expected it not to, to work. The only real surprise to me 50 games in was the 10-8 and 8 start. I was surprised that they were actually two games above 500 at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that there was a groundswell of criticism. I think there was a groundswell of apathy. But, again, it's the Timberwolves. That's not shocking. And, Phil, to your point just now, yeah, the one guy who seemed to push back or get frustrated was Cat, which really confuses me because my perception of this whole thing with between Ryan Gerson and Cat is that Cat has been involved. So his frustration, I get that losing is tough, but his frustration confused me because it's like, dude, you know far more about what's going on than I do, and I'm not really surprised by what's going on here. That was my yeah, takeaway. And I don't expect him to come on here and... and blast cat or even say that he's been disappointed in the way that cat has reacted to some turmoil he said he doesn't want guys in that locker room who are okay with losing but i've said this before i don't want anybody who's okay with losing either but the one thing i i can't accept when times are tough is that your default is pouting it's it's not fighting to get better it's not it's it's pouting and that's that's what's happened with Carl Anthony Towns, and I can't imagine that Garrison Rosas appreciates that either. And I would hope that when this D'Angelo Russell trade was made, he pulled Cat into his office and said, "Hey, man, this is it. We got you, your guy. We can't have what we've had from you in the last month, and there are going to be more tough times." Garrison Rosas pretty much told us they're nowhere near the finish line in terms of putting this thing together and getting this organization where it wants to be. There will be, even if D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, even if that experiment works out the best it possibly could, there are still going to be some tough, hard times for Carl Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves ahead. And Gerson Rosas, if he hasn't already, needs to have the talk with Carl Anthony Towns that when we run into that, when the waters get choppy, your default can't be pout. That can't be the guy who sets the tone and leads the locker room. And I'll tell you, if if there are going to be more hard times ahead, there better not be many. Because I feel like as as much as this franchise has been teetering for the last 15 years, just on the brink of people complete, they're, they're lucky that people even buy in at all at this point. Because it's been 15 years and three major failed eras of Timberwolves basketball. Now I guess I guess the first of those wasn't a failed era because they did go to the playoffs eight times, but the but the downfall of three eras. Fifteen years ago it was Kevin Garnett. It was and it was about thirteen years ago, twelve years ago that they traded him, but Kevin Garnett and them saying goodbye to one of the greatest players of all time and only having one playoff run to show for it. And then they moved in. It took them a few years, but 
They eventually found their way to the Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, Nikola Pekovic era, and they were exciting. When when all those guys were healthy, they were fun. They were exciting. They, If not for Ricky Rubio tearing his ACL in that lockout-shortened season, they, they might have gone to the playoffs in his first year. And Then there was the year where they finished like two games under five hundred because they blew... Ten fourth quarter leads of double digits, and like they, they they were knocking on the door, but they had to they had to hit the detonate button on that era. And then Tom Thibodeau comes in, and Jimmy Butler gets you know, comes in, wears a Timberwolves uniform, and they go to the playoffs again for the first time, and boom, and like and that era fades out. Well, to so quickly be able to recover and have, and you could even say like the Andrew Wiggins era too, which is sort of like it's it's part of the Jimmy Butler era and the Towns era, but. To come back so quickly and have two 23, 24-year-old superstar caliber players as your nucleus, this can't fail now. I don't know what you... If if this fails, like, it can fail. But right, I'm saying, like... I got you. That's it, why I laugh. It can't fail. I don't know where you go as a franchise if you don't at least put something together that looks like multiple playoff seasons and a run. I don't even think championship is a requirement. But I think multiple years of relevancy built off the back of Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell is an absolute necessity for this franchise to have any sort of value in this town five years from now. Like I said yesterday, if if you determine that you can't build this thing around Cat, you decide he's not that dude, which that's where I'm at as we sit today, you better, as Thad Levine told us, pride yourself on having more than one plan. Do you think he's that dude? Because because you're talking about that dude to win championships, he, right? I don't think he's the leader. But, is, but that, it, I don't think he's a leader who can lead a team to a championship. And honestly, I don't think he can be the best player on a championship team. But let's... I know that we should be... What's your hashtag? We should be aiming high. Aim uh, for the, shoot for the stars and think land big. among the moon or something. Well, Kanye West, a great philosopher, once said, shoot for the stars, and if you fall, you might land on the clouds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Casey Case. Mm-hmm. That explains a lot about Kanye's last five or ten years or so. But let's lower the bar for a second. Let's just say it, championship and Timberwolves in the same sentence is is like it throws off my equilibrium. Well, I, yeah, I can't process it. Let's talk a playoff. Let's team. say you know get to the playoffs four or five straight years and see what happens. Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell should be enough of a nucleus to build around to get back to the playoffs. And then if you need to make another move. To get to championship level, you can figure that out. Here's what I need. I need to see now for, for the last, what, 32 games of this season, I need to see Carl especially, and partially because of Russell, I need to see a change here. And I need to see him engage completely every game. And here's here's my problem. So I see Gerson as the architect with no pressure right now. Like, he's done some nice things, but I think Gerson has, firmly has the keys to the car. But what I need to see from this team now for the last 32 games is I need to see Carl engage completely because I feel that Carl is tied to Ryan. And Ryan is here largely because of Carl. Carl loves Ryan. So if you're going to bail on your coach, then what's Ryan's, what's Ryan doing here? Ryan to me was given this job for probably three or four reasons, but probably the most important was the superstar loves him, which is great. That's fine. It's the NBA. It's a different animal. I get that completely. But if if Cat's now going to pull some of the stunts or continue that he pulled on Wednesday, I have a large problem keeping a, a young coach employed there to try and get the most when Carl's showing me that he's not going to give that consistently. Now, if that starts to change tomorrow night, the dynamic changes completely. Yeah, part, part but of that's me, what I need to see. Part of me feels like they're not like out of the woods 
just because they made this trade and, no, and just right. because you know we're going with the that D'Angelo Russell's dreams have come true and stuff and like that was his quote. I I don't think getting shellacked by twenty points tomorrow night is is going to be a good thing. I, I think they're still a little bit in fragile territory here with Carl Anthony Towns and. So like there's there's definitely a runway and they get they've got 32 games to kind of figure out what this looks and feels like and but I think in those 32 games you can't get your ass kicked in 20 of them. And like, I want and I want to see what happens a month from now cuz I think the next 2 weeks or, or so they're going to really play hard and it's going to be a different environment like and we it's saw at the start of the season exactly. there's a different cat and a different wiggy. Exactly. I would not be surprised if you th- through the next 3 weeks or so win 7 8 games, okay? Yeah. But I want to see in the next month and then after that because that, to me, is going to set the, the tone. This is not a playoff team, and you know what? They might lose games, too. But i got to see what you do here. Because, again, I'll go back to, to this. If if Cat and D'Angelo Russell are not going to give their most for Ryan, then i got to consider who's in charge of this team. Because I'm doing everything I've done right now revolving around Carl Anthony Towns. You mentioned uh, D'Angelo Russell called this a dream come true. Playing with Carl, did you see what Carl Anthony Towns said about this? Did you see the hocus pocus? No, that Carl Anthony Towns spewed about getting D'Angelo Russell. Oh, I you go ahead. I yes. <laughs> if, you, if you want something to happen, you have to keep believing and keep saying it to the universe and repeating it, and one day the universe will hear it and give you your wish. What kind of hocus pocus nonsense? <laughs> okay, in fairness, he's missing a, a key step. There's a it. it Action needs to be taken in this equation as well. But when if, did he become Oprah Winfrey? When did this happen? <laughs> when did Cat become Oprah he, Winfrey? What, what's the book that he bought all the players, which now, of the course, secret? they're all, because they're this, all gone. This, I don't know. This was like the, was main, the, thing about this was the main thesis of that book, The Secret, that Oprah was walking around pushing onto people for years. It well, might have been. That if you just believe something and speak it to the universe, it will come true. Can we all try something? Can we try an exercise here? Can we all repeat? As a show, Carl Anthony Towns will show some heart and play some defense. Let's speak that into the universe. Carl okay. Anthony Towns will, will show, show some heart and play, and play some, some defense. defense. Carl Anthony, Anthony Towns will show some heart and play some defense. Universe, are you listening? Carl Anthony Towns will show some heart and play some defense. Jonathan just left the show. Let's put this into existence. Let's speak this into existence, boys. Hey, two baseball-related things to get to in our last five minutes of the show today, and you know, plenty more on Timberwolves. We'll see what happens in their first game, but... But we got to get to two things here. A statement from Scott Boris on bruised our Gratterall and quotes coming out from this AJ Hinch sit down. Let's start with I'm let's start that. with bruised our here. Scott Boris is bruised our Gratterall's agent. And this deal between the Dodgers, the Red Sox and the Twins is still caught up in bruised our Gratterall's potentially questionable medicals. This is what Scott Boris said. Bruised our Gratterall threw quote without limitation and 100 miles per hour in the major leagues for weeks to end the 2019 season, and he has no great medical concern. Quote, this is from John Heyman, they're relying on a cursory medical review, yet noted orthopedic doctors who saw him say there's no issue going forward. You know what I think happened? Honestly, I, I, I believe this happened. I believe members of the Red Sox front office turned on their radios in Boston the other day, yesterday, two days ago, and they tuned into the Sports Hub and WEEI. We're paying $75 for parking. 
I and love, they they I were getting the filleted for twelve hours a day for for, for dumping Mookie Betts and, and David Price, and they feel like now they have to do something to save face. I guarantee you that's what. But happened. didn't didn't ownership from the Red Sox mandate to get rid of those two contracts, especially David Price's? Yeah, so that means so like what are they corner. supposed to do now? Go back to you know the guy that owns them and say, oh, too bad we got a lot of heat, so we're we're just going to yeah, keep them. Yeah, I, it's, it's. I mean, so I guess stupid. if you're a Red Sox fan and you do that, you're thrilled. It's so I guess because you you don't care about what David Price is making and Mookie Betts is your hero. Yeah. Good for by the way, good for Scott Boris for coming out. But they're not keeping Mookie Betts. This that trade. No, I know. The, the Dodgers and the Red Sox are making that trade in one shape or form. Whether or not the Twins are involved, I think is the only question at this point. It but, seems like it's Phil, going down. But to Phil's point, how how do the Red Sox end up looking this stupid when when it's not like Gratterall's arm is coming off from his body? He's got an he's got a violent delivery. The Twins have talked about this. Mm-hmm. Like the Twins have never tried to hide the fact that he's probably not going to be a starter. You know who else has a violent delivery? And, Josh Hader. Yes. Yeah. Like that dude's arm could fall off. It's exactly who I was. That's what say. everybody said when he was coming up through the minors and even when he got to the majors. Like there's no way that guy's arm will hold up. And it, maybe well, maybe half it the pe- half the people were saying that. Half the people were saying, "Why would you put him in the bullpen?" Because. He was their highest-touted starting pitcher at mm-hmm. the time in their minor league system. And the Brewers were smart and said, let that guy throw six innings every five days, and his arm will fall off. Let him be the secret weapon out of the bullpen, which is what I thought Bruce Star Gratterall could be for the Twins, and maybe now yeah, still can still be, be if this trade falls through. This is embarrassing, though. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that came out in the last few minutes, so Tom Verducci is doing this sit-down with A.J. Hinch on MLB <laughs> Network. And A.J. Hinch is... Presumably trying to save some face here and trying to put his reputation back in a in a salvageable spot where he can get another job. So Verducci asked a great question. He said, quote, I know the commissioner's office looked into this and they determined that there was nothing to it. But can you assure us that there were no buzzers or anything like buzzers being used? Okay. Yeah. All right. So real quick, before I get to his answer, if 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 somebody asks you that question and mean like, by the way, the the. You're fired because your players threw you directly under the bus. Right. right? Your players t- took an immunity pill from Major League Baseball to throw you and the general manager under the bus. Mm-hmm. Right. So to me, it's a very simple. I have no connection to those players anymore. Screw those guys. Like they threw me under the bus. It's either a, if it happened, it's a yes. If it didn't happen, it's a no. Hinch said, "Quote: Well, the commissioners." Well, we got investigated for three months. The commissioner's office did as thorough of an investigation as anyone could imagine was possible. I know you mentioned about the emails and texts and the messages, and I believe it. I didn't quite get that last part. Is he saying, Wait. I believe that we that they were doing that? I think he says, I believe that That's the a- investigation was thorough. So he's saying, I believe, but he's not denying it. But if I say, Judd Zilgad, um Boy, smells like you had a couple beers before the show today. Yeah, Joe, were you drinking beer right before the show started? Well, I mean, the Hubbards did an investigation. Yeah, and, you're talking circles around it. Uh, but but he, you know, there were some but emails. He didn't, but and, he didn't come out and flat out say that there were no buzzers being used. No, he didn't say no, which means buzzers were 100 percent being used. Your eyes. He would have just said no. And your eyes don't lie when Jose Altuve runs to the clubhouse after a home run, doesn't celebrate with his teammates, and can't get off the field fast. Yes, right. He won. AJ Hinch, one hundred percent says no to that question. If the answer is actually no, absolutely. Right? Of all the allegations coming out, this is your chance to just flat out say no. And he didn't. They use buzzers. 
Yeah. They for sure use buzzers. And I'm just going to assume that they did because they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. They've opened this window for us to be cynical and pessimistic about everything that they did and to not believe any of their achievements. That means we got to wrap up the show, guys. <laughs> Good job. Uh, can you pound the garbage can oh, to tell the audience that our, our podcast? Yeah, there it is. That's it's available on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app, which is free to download. The scoop coming up next with Doogie. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.